to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. I was I was watching this guy, whatever the whatever the British equivalent to the Navy SEAL is, I forget what this is called, but he was just saying, yeah, they drop us off in the middle of the night. They drop us off here and you have to do like a, a five mile swim to shore. And he goes, and there's no light. It's just in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. you're, you just know that shore's that way and you start swimming. And he goes, you, he goes on a clear night where you can see the stars. He goes, you, you can't tell where the ocean ends and the sky begins because it's reflective. Mm. And he goes, and you're just out there by yourself, just hearing yourself go. And I was like, nope. I'm good. I don't want that. <laughs> out in the ocean, five would you miles rather, from shore. Would you rather do that in the ocean or the Amazon River? The ocean. Really? Yeah. I'd pick the ocean. Mm-hmm. Oh. I feel, I mean, I don't know enough about the Amazon River, but I just feel like it's statistically you're thinking of a smaller area versus a bigger area. Well, I'm just thinking like, chance. like there's, there's not a whole lot of things in the ocean that are specifically targeting you as yeah. prey. I feel like there's a whole lot of things in the Amazon. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Targeting you as Man. prey. Well, I, I, mean, I guess with the Amazon though, I don't know how wide the Amazon River is. <laughs> I guess is. pretty wide at certain points. Oh, okay. So probably same thing. You, you won't see the shoreline or see the edge or anything like that. I'll see. That's a fun that's a fun, engaging conversation thing. It's like the. It's like, would you rather uh, someone chop off your finger, or stick a t- toothpick under your toenail, and kick well, the ball as hard as you can? Gosh. Look, here, here's my here's my thinking. When you and I in 2008 were snorkeling in the ocean, and, yeah, and we went we went underneath the little barrier rope that they had and went out <laughs> to where so it like stupid. dropped off like 150 <laughs> feet, and you could we couldn't see all the way down to the bottom, and it was it was really beautiful yeah but we realize now that we're like 40 yards away from the secure area where they have the lifeguards and all this kind of stuff and we look down and we kind of look at each other and i was like man it's pretty deep man. Like, <laughs> you can't see any like you, you can't you couldn't see in any one direction far enough to fit like something could come and we're like hey I've, I've had enough of this let's go back to the shallow part <laughs> my heart was racing <laughs> and, yeah. and it was full sunlight like yeah. you know like uh hey man just suggestion you just want to go back there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so glad that he wanted to go back too because it was like it felt like a very weak yeah. moment for me I, <laughs> wish, I wish i had the nuts to be like no dude let's go let's farther. keep going <laughs> uh, i would have been like okay <laughs> let's go man uh one to 6.2 miles across for the amazon so it's big can you, what is you, what does you see? <laughs> what, how far does a human see? Like, would you see that shoreline? Probably. Uh, sitting down in the water, maybe not. You'd see mm-hmm. trees and stuff, okay, cool. but you wouldn't. So there'd still be like a semblance of hope versus like in yeah. the, in the ocean. But if it's pitch black, if, if we're That's making the scenario at night, then right. it doesn't matter. Okay. So one still one caveat to that might be the waves. <laughs> True. Yeah. If yeah it's yeah. like stormy and a lot of mm. waves, I'll take the risk of the Amazon. Yeah, for sure. Gosh, I just watched too many movies about the Amazon and yeah. shows. Well, I think too, just about that, like, I don't know. I know there is something psychologically that comes with the silence of the ocean. That's your, like, you're, the, you build that suspense in your mind. But I also think like being on the Amazon, you're hearing the noises of the forest. You're hearing the noises of the animals you're swimming around. The like the came in on the water. Exactly. Like you feel the anaconda rub your leg. <laughs> <laughs> just, you feel the piranha nibbling on your toes. Just rather be in the ocean, man. 
Well, the good news is that there's not a single recorded death of piranha attacking human. I did see that posted earlier this week. Interesting. So I saw a video recently. I don't know if it was fake or not, but these two kids are trying to get out of this river because <laughs> there's a, a crocker caiman or something <laughs> kind of coming at them. It's not giant, mm-hmm. but one kid gets out and the other kid's not going to get out in time. So the kid on the shore jumps in the air and elbows the <laughs> whatever it is in the face. They, they don't show anything after that, but I'm like, that's the most baller move. <laughs> I got you, dude. <laughs> that's so funny. I don't know what I, I do. I saw one. I think we needed to train more stuff like that. I saw one where these guys were running from a bear in the forest. And I don't know if they planned it, but like they 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 come around a clearing and they both turn around, all, or all three of them turn around at the exact same time and like get real big and scream as loud as they can. And that that, that bear turned into a cowering dog. <laughs> so just, just like halted to a stop and like scared it, scared it to get back around. Well, you, awesome. you need to watch the show Something Bit Me. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the episodes are stupid. Is that Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> That's an old school man. That's yeah. a comment. Yeah. Charlie <laughs> but uh, but something bit me is interesting because there are some bear attacks and there are mm-hmm. like there's a uh, there's mountain lion attacks. There's polar bear attacks. Yeah, one, yeah. one guy gets drug out of his tent by a polar bear. Yeah, screw that man. And uh, and and when they finally get rescued, uh. The guy that rescues him goes, yeah, see that thing over there? That's a polar bear. That's a polar bear. That's a polar bear up there. That's a polar bear. And it's like, there's like 20 polar bears that he can spot. You know, yeah. he's like, yeah, y'all shouldn't have been out here. <laughs> like, Yikes. This is silly to begin with, man. Uh-oh. Well, hey, let's go on over to the PCC, everybody. Come on over to Pierce's Culture Corner. Let's hang out for a second over here. So uh, on the vein of kind of knowing what's going on in the world and, and the the, the potential, kind of what we talked about last week in regards to some of the stuff happening in New Mexico, the potential that it can grow into be being a, a lot more effective of misuse of power, different things like that. Um, Xbox, which I know is a private entity, it isn't a government entity, Xbox and Microsoft introduced a strike system for uh, for their online play. What? Yeah. So, which a lot of people's responses- They have a social credit score yep. on Xbox? So, you're exactly right. So, there's a lot of people saying, so at Microsoft is introducing- their social credit score through the lens of uh, of Xbox. So the new strike system, which includes, this is a list that I saw based off the graphic they released. Uh, the, the Verge did an article over it, but uh, the Verge, well, excuse me, the Verge is in an interview. So these are all quotes directly from mm-hmm. Microsoft representatives. Uh, the new strike system includes profanity, cheating, sexually inappropriate comments or behavior, uh, harassment or bullying, and hate speech, which is everybody's going to be banned. Yeah. So, and it's all based off of, I think, profanity, cheating, and sexually inappropriate behavior are one strike. Harassment and bullying are two strikes, and hate speech is three strikes. And if you total up to eight strikes, you're banned for a year from from the platform. Yeah. And then if you get one strike, you're banned immediately for that day. That's my understanding of the reading. You can also appeal it, but I I think that it is weird to, I mean, maybe not weird to appeal it, but like if you get one strike, you're banned for the day. It's not like that appeal is going to be fixed within the day. Like, Mm -hmm. so, but you can still appeal things. And uh, they show this whole like, um, what if scenario chart based off of the new system and people um, can get three strikes for a hate speech things. They, they submit an appeal saying, nah, it's not what I said. It's not what I did. Um, one of the things I was confused about in everything that I read was they said that they have, they have introduced um, players are given the ability to send in recordings to them. That that's something they have introduced, 
but they didn't really say what they have done before that or after that. And I think mm-hmm. it's obvious that they're, that they're listening and that they're, that they're seeing what's going on. And there's, there's, um, there were moderate moderators in the past. And so there were people that were leaders involved and now they're also, I guess, giving the power to the players, but also I think it's pretty obvious just for the way that they were talking. And maybe I'm wrong on this, that they're listening, that they're, that they're reading was being typed that they're, no, you're not. um, yeah, no, I, yeah, so just giving them a little bit of leniency, but also having like AI bots programmed to continually yeah. read what's yeah, being yeah. posted. And if it's certain words light up, then they, um, they'll ping certain moderators to go back and read that conversation. Like I know that those systems are in place. Google's been used that for a long time. Um, and so it, it's definitely a, it's definitely a company utilizing, uh, their means to listen in and watch based off of your membership pass and being into the Xbox things. Um, so yeah, my, 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 one of my very first thoughts, like, well, it's a, it's a private company. You chose to buy Xbox, you chose to do things. And these are the rules that they have. But one of the one of the things that was pointed out by by some of the people discussing this is a social credit score is this is this is Microsoft we're talking about. It's not just like it's not just Xbox who releases systems and does does arcade games and things like this where it's just a luxury type of entertainment thing. This is Microsoft who um, the majority of companies use Word, use Excel, use uh, use PowerPoint and, and all these different types of things where if they're beginning to employ and uh, are beginning to, to show the fact that they're listening, that they're reading and that they can define what hate speech is, what bullying is, what harassment is. They can define those things. What happens? One of the examples, I don't think it was a Christian uh, company or a Christian like a content creator. He just pointed out, what if a pastor or any sort of religious leader is typing a sermon and Microsoft deems that as hate speech? They can shut them down and, 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 and basically do whatever they want to to the PC since Microsoft is also Windows. So like, not only is it Microsoft just as Xbox, this has the potential to grow into the office. Well, I mean, it's a simple solution. Just quit using Microsoft. Yeah. Which is yeah, you're I mean, exactly to the right. point about the private company. I mm-hmm. get that. I get that. There's conversations about like um, social media companies. There's been a conversation about yeah. whether they should be considered like private or not anymore mm-hmm. because of the influence. But in reality, no matter what anybody thinks, they still are. So same thing with Microsoft. Yeah. So like my thoughts, like my kids have Xbox. Mm-hmm. My guess is they're probably gonna have PlayStation after this year. Which doesn't mean <laughs> that Sony's not doing the same thing, but they at yeah. least haven't come out and said it yet. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're not, not blatantly saying here's how mm-hmm. we're doing it. So here's a social credit score. I mean, like for a strike next system. thing you know, Microsoft's gonna have commercials with Dylan Mulvaney. And uh, yeah, did you know? <laughs> speaking of that, did you know that Bill Gates bought like a million shares of of whatever the Bud Light parent company stock is? No. So it's like, stated he was trying to like revive the brand. Wow. So I think it's all tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that not just sense. making that off the cuff. Yeah. It's like there's there's an intention and in t- like yeah, I mean I don't know how much I mean I agree with you but how much of a hand does does Bill Gates sold Microsoft right or is he still no oh, okay so he's still Not that I know of. Oh, okay cool maybe he just stepped in as CEO but he's still the main shareholder he's also the largest uh, owner of farmland in the U S yeah yeah there's a lot about that dude's so healthy yeah you ever seen him like mm. such good shape. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, bugs. there's, there's lots of, que- there's a lot of questionable things about it. I think one of the biggest ones that I've seen, even from comments from people who aren't necessarily against this, I was, re- I was reading through just like, I read through like the 50 comments in the article and a few comments on Reddit just to kind of get a feel of what the response is. And there are a lot of gamers who are like, golly, thank you. Like just, just the people that have littered the, the game rooms. But I remember playing, playing Halo back in the day and there are, um, there's private rooms you can be in. Yeah. There's there's moderators that can literally just kick people out. And if they're at the moderators question, then they can go talk to whoever put them in that position. So like there were things in place back in like 2006 when we were playing certain things back then. So I can only see that that would be getting 
better, but I guess this is their version of better. I guess it's probably the better way of saying it. Like for them, well, they're saying I think like in reality, moment. like it still is a private company, so yeah, they can do whatever they want to do. And so our response, if you if it bothers you that much, then, then don't don't use it. Microsoft. Yeah, go play God How of dope War. Would that be if we did to Microsoft what people did to Bud Light. Yeah, <laughs> gosh, that would the whole it'd be insane. Um, Google's not I, better though. No, I'd be interested to see it for sure. Apple's probably not any better. So, to, to, to be clear, like I didn't find any explicit, any explicit details on how they're, they're getting information at all. Um, yeah. So, so I think that this could be, I typed out specifically, some people are saying this is the beginning of Microsoft, uh, beginning for Microsoft leading to an implementing of a strike ban system on all office apps and all their platforms on all of their, because in essence, that if they're, they're running operating systems on most of the PCs, um, if you're running the operating system, you have access to everything on that yeah. computer as well. So there's just, you know, the, parallel economy is. Mm-mm. Like the idea. Mm-mm. So you have, if you have woke companies impl- implementing that kind of stuff, that there's a group of people who are, who are developing things that are on a parallel and a different economy. So you don't have to use Microsoft anymore. Mm-hmm. You could use something else that, so it's, uh, there's, there's people who are developing things. Rumble is a good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A parallel economy with YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what you're going to see is you're going to yeah. see, I'm kind of excited about it because there's more ingenuity that's going to pop out. People are not Agreed. just going to rely on these leftist the old, companies anymore. Yeah. yeah they'll yeah. start developing their own parallel economy to yeah. start operating. Which in. you're right. It's very exciting. I, um, yeah, I love seeing that take place, not just in, not just from a political standpoint, but just in a economical, um, yeah. free, free enterprise type, type of way. Like, because that, that's where you see innovation, innovations because there's competition. So the U.S. is the best country in the world. I love We're it. allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hey, Ryan. Hey, man. What are we talking about today, man? Hey, uh, today we are talking about the gospel. I noticed uh, a few months ago when I was reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it's super frustrating that I in 28 years, hadn't really paid attention to it before. But the the Greek word that we translate good news or gospel is euangelion. It, it's, it means good message or good report. Uh, it used to be the reward that somebody would get for bringing a good report. It became the good report itself kind of thing, whatever. And uh, and one of the things that I've noticed is that that growing up, I was taught the gospel is the message of Jesus's death and resurrection and salvation in him. The thing that I noticed this summer is that when Jesus, when that same word is used in Matthew and Mark particularly, uh, when it's used by Jesus or talking about Jesus, it says, and Jesus proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that I've ever really taught or been taught or considered. So we're going to talk about the gospel as a whole biblical view. But Ryan, does making that point even matter? (laughs) Well, actually, Pierce, yes, it does. Did you guys talk about that one or did you just throw that in just now? I just did it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I texted you. Uh, oh, I didn't get that text. Well, I mean, it's You okay. already do it? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. Where's the text? Let me see. Oh, here yeah. we go. But Ryan, isn't the gospel only about Jesus dying for our sins? Well, actually, Pierce. <laughs> that was a very organic question. Did you? <laughs> yeah. That felt, man, where did that come from? <laughs> Don't even know, man. I know. Well, you got talking about Xbox and I realized, oh, crap, we didn't do that. So <laughs> yeah. I texted you. I and should then I keep tried... that tab up Am just I'm in case. the only person that has their phone on airplane mode right now? So, Well, this is just connected to the Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so, iMessage. Starlink. So uh, anyway, Pierce, um, I, I don't want to diminish. I mean, we we wouldn't diminish uh, the message of the cross. Uh, we wouldn't no, diminish gosh, no. the, the mm-hmm. message of what Christ has done, his death, his resurrection. When Paul talks about the gospel in Paul's writings, he is almost exclusively talking about 
what Jesus has done. Uh, occasionally, he mentions the gospel of God, which is the same thing. Yeah. It's the message of Christ. But Jesus, in and it, it's it's in Matthew and Mark, um, and it'll say, so here's just a couple of examples. So Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, that's Mark, Matthew 4. Matthew 9 says that Jesus went around preaching in the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, this is John the Baptist saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus, when he began proclaiming, said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's really interesting is, and I do think that some of it is audience. Um, so Paul's audience were churches scattered around the world that would have collectively Jews and Gentile believers in them. Jewish people were looking for a kingdom. Mm -hmm. They were looking for a Messiah who would come and establish his kingdom. Right. And, and so we see that several places in the Old Testament, several prophecies about the coming Messiah. So for John the Baptist to say the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and then for Jesus to say the kingdom of heaven is at hand, tells us who their audience is, that they're preaching to Jews that, look, the kingdom that you've been longing for, the, the kingdom that's in the line of David that will restore uh, the, the people of God to their correct place. Like that's here, it's coming now. Like, and, and so that's, Jesus doesn't ever say, Hey, let me preach to you the kingdom of myself and my death and my resurrection. Uh, he came to die and he did die, but he is, he is speaking to the Jews in terms of the, the, the gospel of the kingdom. Whereas Paul speaking to believers is speaking of the good news of the death and the resurrection, the gospel of Jesus. And I, and I think, this is a thought that I have, and so I'd, I'd love for us to kind of, I'd love your input input, input on it. <laughs> uh, but when I was a kid growing up in churches, what I was taught is, hey, the gospel, the good news is that Jesus died and was raised from the dead. And, and yes, that is, that is part of it. But the other thing is that the it's also the kingdom of heaven that we are now part of the kingdom of heaven. One of the things that's interesting is to me is that in Revelation 21, when the new Jerusalem comes down and it collides with earth and God makes all things new and he does away with the sea and the sun and the moon and the stars and, and he establishes righteousness on the earth. Uh, I think my tendency in the past has been to think, oh, that's the kingdom of heaven. But, oh, gotcha. but what, what Christ has done has, has already, the kingdom of heaven is already established. Yeah. Like, which is, it, it's an interesting concept because, and we've talked about this before. I preached, I alluded to this in a sermon a few weeks ago, that a lot of times people preach forgiveness in Christ without the kingdom. Like the good news is that Christ has saved you, but you're also the people of God. You're part of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, and I think that maybe this is, maybe this is where some of the disconnect comes for people who are interested in Jesus being savior, but not interested in him being Lord. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if we do a better job at preaching the good news of the cross and the good news of the kingdom as a package deal, not two separate things, but as a package deal. I wonder if that would change how we present the gospel to people. If, how That's we, interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. So one thought is you're not, it sounded like you were actually making a distinction between the two. What you're actually saying mm -hmm. is that when the scripture speaks of the good news, it is inclusive of the work of Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection. And it is inclusive of being part of the kingdom. Yeah. I don't think that, I think we would be, 
I think it would be terrible for us to say these are two different good news. Right. Good news being preached. See good good news. <laughs> two different. These are not two different good newses. <laughs> this is this is one good news. Uh, yeah, this is one gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, Jesus is preaching the good news of the kingdom. Yep. Jesus is the good news for the believer. He's the one who's establishing the kingdom. Like, I think it's all interconnected. Well, the Jews were waiting on the Messiah to come establish the kingdom. Right. Right. So it makes sense that he would use that language because he's actually telling them, I'm the one who fulfills that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here I am. Like this is, uh, it, it's, and yet it, what's interesting is the message of John the Baptist changes from repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand to behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm-hmm. So John the Baptist, I think encapsulates the full gospel. Mm. Because he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here he is, the guy who's going to take away the sin of the world. And I think what we have done, at, at least in the circles that I've run in and the churches that I grew up in, is we've preached, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world without preaching also, here's the kingdom. Mm-hmm, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and I think that both have to be taught for people to understand what we're inviting them to. We're, does, does Paul or even the Jewish writer, the other Jewish writers, Peter... I guess they're all Jewish. We don't know who wrote Hebrews, but do they write anything else in that same vein, post gospels, about the gospel in terms of the kingdom? Mm-mm. No, because there's it, part of me that wonders if that was just part of the message that in the gospels could be that it wasn't necessarily like, like the. So what I mean is, I'm wondering. Thought I guess this will be a little bit like a uh, Fifth Tuesday conversation. What I'm about to do is, but like thought would be. What if it wasn't about the kingdom in terms of what's gained, but be, it's because the Jews were looking for the Messiah to, in, to like bring in the kingdom? So that was the, so. There's no context was, amongst the Gentiles for what the kingdom is, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Which may be why Paul doesn't speak of the kingdom in the same way when he refers to the gospel. Interesting. So that was the entry point for the conversation with the Jews. Mm-hmm. You think similar to last week when Jesus is we were talking about Sermon on the Mount. Like Jesus or Paul doesn't bring in old law and prophets quoting from the law and the prophets when he's preaching the gospel to the Gentiles yeah. because they don't have any context for it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a thought that popped in my head. Like maybe it is a not negating that we are part of the kingdom as, as Gentiles. I'm just wondering if the way it was spoken of in the gospels is because they were waiting on the, so here's what I mean. The Jews missed Jesus because their perspective was that the Messiah was going to come reign on a throne with an iron scepter right. physically. And so they were like, this can't be him. Because he's not doing that. He's not mm-hmm. setting up the physical kingdom. And so they missed Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because... It's interesting because it doesn't really tell us what he's teaching. It says he's proclaiming everywhere. He's teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming everywhere the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And so a couple of thoughts. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe Maybe it's not... Uh, maybe it's the way he's presenting the gospel to them by proclaiming the kingdom. That's, that's saying the, he's the Messiah because mm-hmm. they're waiting on that particular thing. Yeah, because because the gospel of the kingdom and healing. So he's preaching in the synagogues. We only have one one sermon in the synagogue recorded for us. We talked about that one right. last week as well. Right. It's recorded for us in Luke four. And he's reading Isaiah 61 where he says, I fulfilled these things. These mm-hmm. things are fulfilled in your hearing. The second thing that he's doing is he's healing the people, which we know from Matthew 8, he's healing the people to fulfill a specific text in Isaiah 53, right. uh, verse, verse 4, verse 5. Uh, and, and so it, preaching the kingdom, 
in the synagogues. He's preaching the scripture. So he would be teaching the scripture in the synagogues, proclaiming himself as the fulfillment of those things. So he's sorry, I threw a wrench in the whole thing. <laughs> it no, just like popped in my head when you're talking about it. I was like, oh, what no, if that's I, an option? I, I think it's good. I th- but I think like because in John six, they come to try to make him king by force. So if he's preaching the kingdom, he's proclaiming himself as king. They come to try to make him king by force, but not the kind of king that he came to be. Right. Not so, yet. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just think. I don't think it takes away from your initial statement that there is this holistic viewpoint of what the word good news or gospel yeah. encapsulates. And yeah. that's that's the, I think where you're, where you're trying to add in the beginning is that our perspective needs to be more holistic that that the yeah. gospel, the good news, is that through the death, faith, and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and our uh, the, the benefit of righteousness, righteousness, excuse me, we gain through that, we are now part of the kingdom. Yeah, I don't think that changes. I, I think that that is something that we to answer your oh, question. I, I agree. Yeah. To answer your question, you asked earlier about like, does that change our perspective of how we do life? A hundred percent. Like I even yeah. think like Pierce even there's been so many crazy political things going on lately. We've talked about it in the last couple of weeks on your culture corner, but like in the midst of the world shifting into this chaos again, like our perspective needs to be that we're people of the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. While, while I have a lot, like I'm not masking, like while I have a lot of strong opinions <laughs> on the political stuff, yeah. my allegiance isn't to my country. Mm-hmm. My allegiance is to the kingdom yeah. of Jesus. So the, I think that's, you're right, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like that's maybe where, maybe where some people get off on their perspective of, uh, when they talk about like Christian nationalism is, is there's no mix. This, right, this isn't right. Christians that are also Americans. This is people who have put faith in Jesus that are part of the kingdom of God, yeah. not the kingdom of the world in any part yeah. of the world. And that's where I think maybe it makes a difference. So maybe to your point about like making Jesus Lord, I'm not sure how you could live that out of saying like Jesus is the Lord of my life. Mm-hmm. Right. If your allegiance is still to something of this world. Right. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? There's a, I, it feels to me a little bit like the people of Israel saying we are the people of God, but they're worshiping Baal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How I'm does not, that work? Right? I'm not saying that I'm not making an idolatry comment about actual Christians. I'm just saying it doesn't make sense to me that you can say, well, I worship God, but I also worship this other God. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not both. It yeah. can't be both. So yeah, I think it's fair to say that a correct perspective of who we are as people of the kingdom should shape the way that we live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not of this world. We are. That's this is not our home. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm just trying to look through. Sorry, I know I made this whole thing turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay because I still think it's an interesting conversation. Like, and and it's probably just an issue of of culture cultural usage and translation because growing up. Growing up, no one ever mentioned to me those verses from Matthew and Mark that I remember saying that Jesus was preaching the gospel. Uh, in, in fact, some translations don't even translate it gospel. They just translate it good news, mm. which is interesting to me because I feel like that's unfair. So if you're going to translate this Greek word gospel when Paul uses it, but translate it as good news when it's about the, the I mean, the editors do the same thing when they I translate know. deacons in Timothy and Titus, and then they translate the same word servant in Acts. I know. Yeah. I know it's it's crazy. Um, Galatians uses the word a lot. Kingdom, <laughs> gospel. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
what's your thought like as you're looking through this right now i know that you're like yeah changed a little bit but like what's running through your head well i don't know i i just so paul talks a lot about the gospel right um that i came to preach the gospel to you i proclaimed the gospel to you you shared in the gospel with me uh uh and it's it's always he says in Galatians one, he says, I'm surprised that you're turning to another gospel. That's not the gospel of Christ. Oh, that's interesting. And he yeah, says, yeah. which is not in fact another gospel. Mm-hmm. He yeah. goes, but they're treating it as such. Right. So he goes, you're, and so there, hmm. the, the gospel of Jesus is freedom from the law. It's, it's the good news of what Christ has accomplished. Uh, so it's, it's always about what Christ has accomplished. Um, Maybe, maybe that's what I need to start thinking about differently in terms of the gospel of the kingdom is what Christ has accomplished in terms of the kingdom instead of a future thing. Like mm. that, that's where my head is. I, I, I feel like growing up, heaven was always put so far out in front of us, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, new Jerusalem, new earth, new heavens, whatever you want to call that, uh, paradise, you know, Abraham's bosom, whatever, whatever thing you want to say, like that it's always put so far out there. And yet John the Baptist is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then when Jesus shows up, it changes to behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, implying that the kingdom of heaven is uh, completely tied to the person and the work of Jesus. Right. And it's just, it's just something that I feel like at least in my own thinking needs to shape how I talk about the gospel. Um, that that it has to include all of that. Now, could you, it could it be can you like expound you're saying on that a little bit? Yeah, barely. But uh, maybe this is a terrible topic for us to have done today. <laughs> but could could it be like you say, just just the entry point? Because as we pointed out, Paul doesn't use the kingdom language. Um, it it feels I, I think. I think that there are a lot of people culturally who are interested in Jesus uh, being a savior, but not Jesus being a king. Oh, I got you. And they're thinking king later. Yeah. Your, your point is and, like, my life is still mine now. Yeah. And he is king. Yeah. yeah like, I'm with he, you. He is that. I'm with which, you. Which. Which is maybe why Paul doesn't have to say that. He's upholding Jesus as these things. Like there's just a idea in Paul's writings and teachings well, that this is what you submit to, that you've submitted yourself I think, to the Lord. Actually, I think it's I think it's deeper than that. Okay. So if if uh I give you an example, if if I I know people in specifically Southeast Asia who were Muslims who've put their faith in Jesus. Yeah. So when they put their faith in Jesus, um they are rejecting the yes. God of their ancestors and they're right. rejecting their family. So there, there isn't a sense probably amongst, I'm assuming there's a lot of that that's true amongst Gentiles in the scriptures. When Paul's writing to these people, this isn't just like a, I've been a Jew my whole life waiting on the Messiah and I go, Oh, it's Jesus. Right. It's, it's, I have been worshiping another God, the God of my ancestors, the God of my family. And now I'm rejecting that to put my faith in Jesus. And so in that context, my entire life is turning away from what I did worship to worship Jesus. And so there's everything about that move is drastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's a, they are acknowledging that Jesus is God, that he's King. So there's like an innate 
heaviness that goes along with it that I think is what you're after. Yeah, I, I think, think so. what has been tempered now is that and this is probably what you're kind of getting at is that at least in the Maybe. West, a lot of times when we talk about the good news of Jesus, it is very much from the perspective of how can that make your life better here and now in terms of yeah. like uh, you get into heaven someday, yeah. um, it, you know, it'll, it'll give you like these emotions you have through life, which are not, I'm not negating those things, joy, peace, those kind of things are real, yeah. but like, it's, it's very man centered in its, in its approach. Yeah. And I think what oftentimes we miss is that this has always been about the glory of God. This has yeah. always been a, like our creation in Genesis one was about the glory of God. Our life was built to be for the glory of God. And then when you take the glory of God out of it, I think you end up with a culture that says they've put their faith in Jesus, but their life is still their own. Yeah. Where they're not saying Jesus is actually my king, but they would bow a knee to something else besides Jesus. And yeah. I mean that literally and metaphorically. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think that I, I see so many people. Who, I mean, you, we've all heard people say at some point or another, like, well, I wouldn't serve a God who did X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And, and you're like, well, I mean, here he did this, you know, so like, so like, you know, God flooding the earth. And so some people will say, well, that's just allegorical. Noah, the story of Noah's Ark is just allegory. It's not real. Other people say, no, it's real. The Bible treats it like it's real. And, and so people go, well, I wouldn't serve a God who would wipe out everybody on the planet. Okay. Then, then you're not willing to serve God. Yeah. You're not willing to serve the God of the Bible yeah. or people who will say, well, I, and, and the they're actually saying they are God. Yeah, mm -hmm. they've made themselves God. They get to decide what's they're right. They're making and wrong. the standard of like you can't say I believe in a God, but I set the standard for what that God is and isn't. Yeah, that that's, is that's dumb. It, it just innately negates the idea of God. God. Yeah. yeah. So when when they say you know what uh, like once I realize that one and I I see a lot of people who will say once I realize that Jesus was more like me. Once I came to the place where I understood that Jesus was more about like the things that I'm about, you know, like, Ugh. so people are approaching the Bible and people are approaching Christ and seeking to conform them to, sorry, him to themselves mm -hmm. rather than have their lives conformed to him. I, I wonder if at least part of the reason that the culture seems to be doing that so much is because the church has done a poor job of explaining the good news of the kingdom. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah. So the heaviness of, that's the wrong word to use, the weightiness of the gospel is that it changes us completely. Yeah. Not just in our person, but we also in our allegiance. people. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and as kingdom people, it, it's not just that I've been forgiven. It's not just that I've been declared righteous. I have been inaugurated into the kingdom of God. Yeah. I am a kingdom person who recognizes- As a the, child of God. As child a son of and God, daughter of God. Yeah. Son of daughter of, of God heir of God, co-heir with Christ, yep. bowing the knee, as you said a moment ago, before the God of all creation and Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, Revelation 4 and 5. Mm -hmm. And I have been ushered into that so that now Paul says in Galatians 2, I no longer live. And the, and the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Because the moment that I, I, I didn't come into Christ saying, look, it, can you save me? But I'm going to do my thing over here. I, I said, I want to be part of the kingdom. Like mm -hmm. that when, when here's maybe, and I'm sorry that I don't have these thoughts more focused, but John the Baptist preaching shifts yeah. from 
the kingdom of heaven is at hand to there he is. Yep. That's the lamb of God that takes away the, the so so the the kingdom of heaven and the person and the work of Jesus Christ cannot be divided. Mm-hmm. They are they are the same thing. And and I think what we've done is we've said, don't you want to be saved from your sins so you don't go to hell? Without also saying, and be part of the kingdom of God? Like be part yeah, of Yeah, because I think it should be flipped. It should be Put your faith in Jesus so you can be saved and enter into the kingdom. And as someone who's part of the kingdom, you don't have to suffer hell. We put the spin in the yeah. wrong place. Like yeah. it needs to be yeah. the emphasis and focus needs to be on not who the we escape are. from hell, but no, the entrance into the, the kingdom. That's the yeah. shift. Like this is why fire and brimstone preaching sucks because mm-hmm. it's not yeah, putting it's the terrible. emphasis in the right place. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's it. Yeah. This is about no. I, I think you're right. Like even if even if the reason that there's so much kingdom talk associated with the word gospel in the gospels in yeah it's because of the accounts, jewish audience because of that perspective it's a means in which they're proclaiming yeah the gospel mm-hmm. to them i don't think it negates the that that's still the reality for the well, gentiles it, who put their faith in jesus now they are also part of the kingdom it, it yeah. is paul saying in galatians 2 20 i don't live anymore but christ lives in me mm-hmm. it is paul saying it's kingdom language yeah it is paul saying in colossians 3 set your mind on the things above where christ is it is paul saying in philippians 3 i can i consider everything else nothing in the surpassing greatness of knowing christ jesus my lord it, it's that right and and so we have entered into that kingdom um okay yeah and what you're after is it's I think Philippians three might be one of the most blatant mm-hmm. pokes at it. It is, it is the removal of who I was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, all of it. Yeah, and now I'm made new. It doesn't mean like my family changes or my living situation changes or my job changes. What it means is I used to be someone who was an enemy of God. Yep, mm-hmm. that had my allegiance to things of the world. Yeah, and now I've recognized Jesus and He's better. Yeah, um, and so I've put my faith in Him, and now I am someone whose allegiance rests in the kingdom or yes. my allegiance rests on God. That's what I mean by completely different. So right. what, you're, what you're after is like, there are people who will say, I've put my faith in Jesus, but what their life says is my allegiance is still to the things of the to world. Me. Mm-hmm. And what Paul's, yeah. Paul's saying is like, like don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Stop so doing that because I, you're not that person anymore. I, I think what a lot of people have done, and you said this earlier that like, um, or maybe it was last week that, that, uh, we teachers need to do a better job. We need to be more clear or whatever. But like one of the things that I think we do is we invite people to forgiveness. And so people, people say, man, I'm forgiven. And, and those are beautiful things to invite Mm -hmm. people to, but it's not just that. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's Hebrews 12. Uh, it, it's Hebrews 12 that says we haven't been invited to a mountain that's covered in smoke that can't be touched or yeah. you'll die. We have been invited yeah. to the new Jerusalem, to the heavenly assembly, to the assembly yeah. of the saints gathered in the presence of God, covered in festal robes uh, before a myriad of hosts. Like, like we, we, that's what we've been invited to. And, and I, I think, I think we miss that in mm-hmm. our, in our gospel presentation. I think I see what you're saying now. Like so, there's, okay, so let's, and let's clear this up a little bit. I yeah, think please. what you're actually saying is you're not, I think when someone hears you say our gospel presentations, they're thinking like, you've got five minutes to sit down with somebody and you're going to talk about the gospel. Yeah. What you're actually saying is, is our holistic viewpoint yes. of the good news. So you're not saying like, when I sit down with someone who doesn't know Jesus and explain to them, you, you're not saying like, I need to give them all the nuances of the kingdom. You what wouldn't have time. Right. What you're saying <laughs> is that rest, the entering into the kingdom rests on faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. 100%. And so that needs to be the conversation at the core. That's what Paul yeah. does. Yeah. Um, but 
past that conversation, there there needs to be this opening of now that the door is open for someone, if that person puts their faith in Jesus, now you get to say, listen, here's what the scripture says about who you are now, the kingdom that you're part of. Yeah. Here's what you get. I love that you brought it up earlier. We have an inheritance in the kingdom of God as yeah. his children. Like, who talks about that? No. And we're not talking about we're not talking about monetary things here on earth, but maybe later. But, you know what I mean? Like, but, but like what we, if what if like think about how that would shape a new believer? If it like okay, you you have the five minutes with somebody, and then later they come back to you and they're like, "Listen, I want to know more about Christ," and you you have the opportunity to see them actually come to faith. Like one of the very first things in discipleship should be, or in training them or teaching them, should be like. Look, let me let me show you your identity, and your identity is part of the kingdom of heaven. You are part yeah. of the people of God. Uh, so I, I think, like even uh, last week's sermon on the mount, you know, blessed are are the the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And then there were the ones that was like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness; they'll be called the sons of God. Blessed are like uh, blessed are those for they will receive the kingdom of heaven. And then he he concludes chapter six with this idea: seek first the kingdom of heaven. Like there, there's a kingdom yeah. that we've been invited to that I just don't think makes it into the general thought process of Christians when they think about the gospel. You're right. So it, it, forget for a moment, because you're exactly right. If you have two minutes with somebody, 30 seconds with somebody, we don't have time to delve into the fullness of it. No. But I think you can at least add it in there that we it, it's not the escape from hell. It is the being part of the people of God. Yeah. Like, that can be part of the presentation. But for I, us- I, I think scratch presentation. Okay. Because I think what you're actually saying is that because as a culture, say here and now, in this part of the world, those of us who put faith in Jesus, because our perspective is not a kingdom perspective, typically, yeah. we are probably typically not going to talk about the kingdom when no, we talk about the gospel. Not. That's what I mean. So it's not like a presentation yeah, you add right. it to. It's like if I begin to we think, have to think differently. if I begin yeah. to think of who I am as someone who's part of the kingdom, that will naturally flow itself Absolutely. into the conversations Absolutely. about the gospel. So I don't know if it's as cool to do this anymore, but 20 years ago, everybody sat around coffee shops talking. Like that's where mm -hmm. I would hang out all the time. Um, and, and so the, now it's back to pubs again. Yeah. Okay, fine. So when you're, like, when you're sitting around your pubs playing, yes. you know, blackjack with your Christian buddies because of the, <laughs> yeah. the freedom you have in Christ. Well, it depends it, on the state as far as the blackjack things go. That might not be true. freedom in the state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but it, when you, when you're sitting around doing that, right. And you're, you're, watching a game and having a beer with your buddies and halftime comes around, whatever. And the conversation turns to, Hey man, I, you're hanging out with your Christian friends. And you're talking about what God has accomplished, what Christ has done. Part of that conversation should be the kingdom. And, mm -hmm. and it seldom is at least in, in the circles that I've and the churches that I've been in. You're talking about, yeah, yeah. You're talking about like being able to bring in this idea of like, man, the like, here's what you gain through Jesus. Yeah. 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 Because what your point earlier was- We've made was, it forgiveness. Or or more specifically, we've made it that, I think, because we're trying to convince people by saying, if you don't want to go to hell, do this. Right. And we're actually saying, the right now, we're saying the scripture seems to to prop up this idea of of the, what you gain as a child of God in the kingdom as more weight than than the avoidance of hell. Okay. So let's put it this way. At the very least, we have to we have to all agree, looking simply at the word euangelion, that good news is in reference to Christ and is in reference to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Not once, not once, is it used in reference to escapes from hell. Mm. So if we're if if we're preaching the good news, talking about the good news of Jesus, and we're not using the language that the Bible is using, we are misrepresenting it. We're at least not representing it clearly. Mm. Yeah, is it every time? 
Every time what? Would not, speaking of hell? No, there's not a place where gospel is. Oh, the word gospel. Okay, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. So, so when, when Paul is talking about the good news, mm-hmm. he never offers yeah, as good news an escape from hell. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, the, no, no. The, the yeah. Bible offers as the good news the work of Christ, and the Bible offers as the good news the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is we've made the good news an escape from hell, as you said a moment ago. Yep. And, and so if we, would, if we would use the good news, the gospel, the way the Bible does, our conversation would be limited to what Christ has accomplished on the cross and the kingdom of heaven. And, and that, that feels to me to convey something different. As you were saying a moment ago, we're not, we, mm. we belong to something else. This isn't about us anymore in our kingdom. It conveys something different to say that the good news isn't escape from hell, but the good news is inclusion in the kingdom. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just had, I can't talk about the thought I have right now because. Uh, Crap. Come on, man. Just it's, move it. It's another one. I'm, I'm curious now where the language of the gospel in terms of hell avoidance comes from. Oh yeah. I think there's like, there's a lot in the gospels about Hades, about hell. Sure. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure there's some foundation stuff. I've just never thought about it from that perspective. Like why have we, what I mean is why have we typically talked about salvation as you know why it's because we say salvation mm-hmm. from yeah, what, what you say and that's from? the, yep. That's the question that people, but it, it's interesting. But really, cause it's like, I feel like you can make a contextual case that salvation would be um, from the state of sin. Yes. The, the, the state of being an enemy of God, like the state of yes. being in opposition to God to you're saved from that. And I, I could, I could see like saying save from the, from the coming judgment. You know what I mean? Cause we, oh, yeah. we, the, like there is that we've talked about this before. Jesus there's, saves there's us from this, the wrath to come. Yeah. There's yeah. salvation yep. that is in Jesus. And then we also, we are saved and we will be saved from mm-hmm. the yep. wrath that's to come. So I understand that. Sure. And maybe we've just mingled all that together. Yeah. Instead of, so let's, let's back up a little bit and say like, um, we're not by any means implying that you don't talk about hell when you're talking about, or the judgments or wrath of God when you're talking about what Jesus has done. Right. Mm-hmm. But our point is at least that we've put the majority of the focus on something that the scripture doesn't put the majority of the focus on. That's right. really yeah. all we're saying at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting because I, I just think like, I I just want, I want to, we've said this for years, I think in one way or another, but like, I want to think correctly about the things of God mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, um, we, we talk about what we've been saved from. We seldom talk about what we've been saved to. Yeah. Which is kind of, uh, is kind of putting people at a disadvantage. Yes. It's like, it's like you, uh, don't realize you don't realize where you are and what you have. It, it makes people powerless, which is why people still say, well, I can't help this sin because I'm just a human. I've been saved from my sin, so I'm not going to get punishment anymore. I, but. I love the Hebrews 12 perspective, yeah, which is similar to the Galatians 4 perspective that you're not children of the slave woman, you're children of yeah. the free woman. Yeah. It's you're not, we don't, we don't belong to the mountain, uh, Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai with the law, what does it say? Like with fire and yeah. all that stuff, but we belong to Mount Zion. Yep. Yeah. The heavenly Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah. So like there's a, yeah, I think you're right. Like there's people, people probably feel, feel powerless because they still, they still think they're in the other case. Yeah, they still and, think they're in the slave woman. They still and, think they're and in And what the, they do is they go, Sinai. man, I'm really glad I'm, I'm forgiven because I screw things up all the time. And, and so 
that's what I mean is like they've mm-hmm. been sold part of the gospel. Yeah. They've understood part of the gospel and they go, they just wring their hands and they're like, man, I just, I can't help all this wicked sin that I'm doing. Man, I'm so grateful for God's forgiveness. And mm-hmm. you're like, no, like you have been made new. You were part of the kingdom of God. You were, you, you were part of the assembly of the f- church of the firstborn, the righteous made, you know, sanctified by, by Christ, which is something else I want to talk to you guys about later. But uh, like just, Man, like it, it goes to identity. I, I yep. think I think if we talk about the gospel of the kingdom, it goes to identity. It helps shape our identity as believers. Yep. No, it makes total sense. Like if you think of yourself as someone who is a son and a daughter of God, yeah, who is part of the kingdom, mm-hmm. that that could change everything about your life. Yeah. Like, what if you realized? Uh, and I love. I forget what Psalm it is. It says God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah. Psalm 50. Um, I love, like, I love the idea of, of that Psalm saying like, like God's way richer than anything else. Yeah. Anybody else. He owns way more cattle than anybody else. He owns more farmland than Bill Gates. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he has more, like, why do we worry? Yeah. Because we still try to do it on our own. Yeah. Instead of recognizing, dude, I'm, I'm a son of God. And Paul says it like, I've known what it is to have plenty and I've known what it is to have nothing. But the thing yeah. that I've learned to do is, is this mindset that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I really recognize that I am a son of God, yeah, who's part of the kingdom of God, right? Who's part of, who's part of Mount Zion. I'm right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a son of the free woman. Then why would I live my life any other way? Like that changes right. everything about how I do life. Yeah, yeah, it changes your, so instead of going around going, man, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. We go around going, man, I am a saint who belongs to the kingdom of heaven. Like, yeah. tell me that doesn't shift how you think. Well, yeah, and then recognizing because of that, you're like, sin doesn't have mastery over me anymore. Right. Not that the temptations don't come, and I'm not even saying people don't give into it. What I'm saying is, is like, instead of going, I feel, like, I feel like I'm an awful person. Yeah, that was inevitable. I'm just mm-hmm. always going to screw things up. You go, Dude, this is not who I am. Why am right. I? Why am I doing? That's not who I am anymore. Stop it. You right. know what I mean? So like it's total perspective shift. So I think that to me, that's part of what's missing in our conversation about the good news, the gospel. Like it's, it's like it, we've been having this conversation in a different way. I didn't. I didn't put it in the identity camp, but I think that this is a conversation about identity. Oh, uh, totally is. And, and we've been talking about our identity in Christ now for eight years. And, yeah. and I think that this has to be part of that conversation. Absolutely. Um, that when we talk about the gospel, we are talking about the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, raised from the dead, faith in him. When you hear stories, when you hear stories of martyrs, I think I've heard people say this before in, here in the West. Like, I just don't know how they could do that. Like, how can they face death and suffering mm-hmm. with that perspective. How can John Huss be burning at the stake and tradition says he's like singing? I mean, we don't know, but like, yeah, how, how can, how can that happen? How can these people suffer these kind of persecutions and deaths with that perspective? You know how you do that? How, or Acts five, how can the, how can the disciples be beaten mm-hmm. and leave rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name? Yeah. Because yeah. that their perspective is not that they're, just these sinners who well, happen to be under the grace of God, but they recognize now that they're different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But how, they're, how stupid are we? I mean, like uh, all of these died in, in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, having acknowledged that they were simply strangers and exiles on the earth for people who speak this way, make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Mm. 
If they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Mm. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be. That's what they're seeking. They're yeah. seeking the kingdom. Yeah. Right? This this is First Peter 1, 13 uh, through 16. Gird up the loins of your mind. Uh, be sober in spirit. Set your hope fully yeah. on the grace that will be brought to you the day Christ Jesus is revealed. We're, like the, the motivating factor, what, what makes us righteous and brings us peace with God is the shed blood of Jesus. What empowers us to drive forward in, in, in lives is that we're not slaves anymore. Mm-hmm. We are saints. We belong to a different kingdom. This, this world is not my home. I belong to a, like, where is that? Yeah. You know, and, you know, you know where it is and a simple shift. Hmm. That's the return of Jesus. Our hope said, and I'm coming back. He said, hmm. um, it's, so if you want to like change it in a quick way, a simplified okay. version of all the things you were saying is I'm, I, the gospel, the good news is the finished work of Jesus Christ and his coming again. Yeah. Because what's included in that is the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. 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 So if my hope is set on the return of Christ, I don't care what the world does to me. Right. Because it can't change anything about me. I don't yeah. care if, if we're good s- times come, bad times come, I might feel sorrow or happiness through the downs and the ups I, I'm going to experience life like any other human does. But what's different about those of us who've put faith in Jesus is we know he's coming back yeah. and our hope rests in that. And our hope, this is what people miss. Our hope does not rest here on this earth. Yeah. Like I, tell me you believe that. I feel like James at this point, tell me you believe that and show me that by the way you live. You, you know, what just dawned on me is that people do preach this, but they don't preach it as the gospel. So what people do is they say, here's the gospel. I need to get you saved. And then somewhere in the course of your Christian life, they're like, now all of our hope needs to be set on the, on Christ's return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we teach it as something separate from it's, the good news of Jesus. It's all inclusive. Yeah. yeah. Like here's an, here's an additional thing that you should be about now. It's and because it's like, I think no. we use, we use the word gospel mm-hmm. um, with a gospel presentation is what we call it. Mm-hmm. Um instead of the good news is all inclusive. So right. yeah. I'll say this, someone, someone's righteousness or salvation comes through putting faith in the finished work of Jesus, whether they know he's coming back or not. Right. I think that's pretty clear. You guys would probably agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the word gospel in the scriptures in the New Testament is more all inclusive of these other things. So yeah. I think that's the struggle is like people, th- when you say gospel, they're thinking, how does someone get saved? Yeah. When the, the word gospel seemingly across the New Testament is used to be the good news of what, Everything of what Jesus, Jesus has done, like. his coming back, what he brings. So it's, it's all inclusive. Yes. Not saying that you have to understand all of what the gospel entails to have righteousness through faith in Jesus. Right. So that would be one kickback people would have is yeah, like, are we, you saying you have to understand I, all those things to be I don't saved? understand what the kingdom is going to be like, but I believe that it's coming. Right. Yeah. I, I, I trust in it. Right. <laughs> I trust that there's a resurrection of the dead. I trust that, that Christ returns. Uh, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like, I, I just feel like what a shift it would make. I, I believe it would have made a shift in me if, if I had been taught that in my teens and early twenties, you mm-hmm. know, to think, to think holistically of the good news, the evangelion, on the gospel, yeah. rather than to just think of the gospel as just the cross, just Calvary. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's the whole thing. Yeah. I keep thinking about the idea of powerless that you said. I think that is a very apt yeah. idea that is, is, it is, um, maybe not powerless. It is. It is. It is making us act like we're powerless. Well, flip it on your head because uh, you guys always. I'm. I'm the negative Nelly in the group, and you guys always make me positive. And so, it's. It, 
understanding the fullness of the gospel imparts power to us. Mm-hmm. It, or maybe makes us recognize the power that has been imparted go. to us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Because I think that's what it is. It's not that we're powerless. It's that we... We misunderstand. If, it's like know. you don't know. Yeah. 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 It's like driving a supercar in first gear, never leaving first gear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or in neutral. Well, and if, and if we, if we teach and we, and we, we represent the gospel in this way, um, I think that it, it begins to, it really squashes this, uh, this need to hold on to the past. What I mean by that is like, um, is like how often people talk about the law when it comes to the gospel. Like I know that it's filtered throughout the, the rest of the scripture as well. Um, but too often what we, we try to do is we, we would see like the law and the gospel, like struggling within us. Whereas Michael, you pointed this out a few weeks ago, and I think I've been really trying to adopt it in my language. Christ didn't come and throw some like amendments on the old covenant. He made a new covenant. So mm-hmm. like, we don't, don't even need to focus on the old covenant anymore because yeah. of the new covenant. So same thing here as well. When we, when we establish in our language, like talking, talking about the good news of Christ, talking about the gospel in the midst of that is the accomplishments of the cross and the empty grave and the, the effective nature of us being brought into the kingdom. And I love that language of let's stop making the gospel about an escape from hell, but an entry into the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. because what an entry into the kingdom of God means Duh, it's an escape from hell. But what's sure. more important, the entry into the kingdom of God. Same yes. thing, same thing when it comes to the God. Like if anybody wants to back us in a corner, like, yeah, but we're freed from we're freed from the law, we're freed from those things. Yes, of, of course, because of the new covenant. Because yeah. of the new like so the focus should be on the new covenant. And of course, there's an escape from all these things, but the focus shouldn't be on the past to, to emphasize Paul's mentality in, in in Philippians as well. I don't focus on what's behind, I focus on what's behind on what's ahead. Yeah. Right. And so I don't need to focus on the old covenant because I'm in a new covenant. We I don't, don't need know to that's focus Paul. Uh that's in Philippians. Oh, I was thinking of Hebrews. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. of Hebrews 12. I mean, I bet that. Oh, are you're talking that... about when he says forgetting what lies behind and trying yeah, 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 to yeah. what lies ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. And uh, <laughs> I was like, dude, just like <laughs> make that statement. Just throw it out there. Hebrews is behind. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I think that if 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 we if we as teachers can establish that that mentality, you know, we've been saying this whole time, that that perspective of of focusing on Christ and what what he has accomplished and who we are now in him and where we are now in him and and what that means for us presently as well as to come, um, then we are proclaiming kind of what you said as well. Like we're proclaiming a, a positive viewpoint of all the things surrounding Christ and who he is and who we are in him mm-hmm. versus trying to stress all of the past, trying mm-hmm. to stress we've escaped from, stress where we were. Um, we That's just put our point. focus on what is and because of what is, we are free from what was. Mm-hmm. That's a good Makes point because if you, if you dwell on the past, you're not really moving forward. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, like, I really like that. Yeah. So the past is we were under the judgment of God. Mm-hmm. The past is we were under the condemnation of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've been changed. We've been made new. Yeah. We've been now citizens righteous, of Mount Sinai, so to speak. Oh, Paul says that somewhere too. Well, you you already referenced it, Galatians 4. Well, there's another spot. Where is it? I've preached it before. Dang it. Come on, man. I know. There's another part where he <laughs> talks as as citizens of heaven. Mm. Um, That's the end of Philippians 3. There's one. There was, as I looked up that word a second ago. I saw, a, I saw a meme the other day. It had a, uh, had a sign, like a, a restaurant sign, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. outside big sign. And it had the top of the sign had Krispy Kreme and the bottom of the sign had Chick-fil-A. And they said, is this what Jesus meant when he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's Ephesians 2 as well as Philippians 3. I don't know which one you were talking about, but 
you're a fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That's there's another one. But there's, I, I think I just hadn't realized till just now, like there's probably more citizen language yeah, in oh, yeah. the writings of yeah. Paul than, mm-hmm. than I've probably noticed before. I think, I know this was like, it's probably like a sloppy, <laughs> like we probably weren't as prepped for this one as we normally would have been. A sloppy episode. It was a sloppy well, I mean, episode. Like that, like that edge. We're not, I don't know that we're ever super prepped, but we hadn't, well, the three of us had not actually talked we, through this one. And so this yeah. one probably should have been a fifth Tuesday. <laughs> I liked it. But well, it's a bonus fifth Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fifth Tuesday, but I think it is. A, I think it's, it's something that had been on your heart. And I think it it's, a, been. Yeah. I think it's a great conversation to have. Cause even yeah. if it's just that little spark and my hope for people is that this would maybe just be a little spark of going, I, I need to remember who I am well, in Christ. And, yeah, it might it might be worth it for us just to start doing the last Tuesday of every month something that we're processing, hmm. uh, be, instead of just four times a year. Right. Like, because there's I think that there's a lot that we're processing that uh, there's a whole lot. Yeah, that that wouldn't be bad to bring the audience in on okay. and and just say, look, these are things that we're processing through and trying to understand. That was right. your whole goal here, right? You just want to <laughs> change the whole structure of the podcast. <laughs> Success. Yeah, that's right. Ding. Oh, I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. What? Do, how do we want to have this conversation? So weird. <laughs> so here's some here's some application. For, here's some application for me. Hopefully, this is encouraging for people. No. Um, I I am, I am incredibly bothered by, um, like political trends now, like mm-hmm. where things are going. Partly it's just because I'm super opinionated. Whoa. What? Part, partly it's because I like I really treasure the the beauty of this country mm-hmm. especially as as a first generation american like i love it um i love when guys like vivek ramaswamy i want to ask why tucker carlson did you grow up with privilege and he said absolutely i did and tucker's like what he goes yeah i grew up with a mom and a dad who loved me mm-hmm. and taught me how to work and like like he's talking he goes this is the kind of privilege every person should have this is like like this country is amazing. It's, there's a lot of things that bother me about the way that it's going now. You've brought a few up in the last few culture corners. Yeah. So here's a shift for me. I'm not going to cease to be bothered by those things, but I'm a citizen of the kingdom. Yeah. So in reality, like what I'm more bothered by is that there's people who don't know Jesus in this world Yeah. that God has, has graciously offered a way for them to be part of the kingdom through mm-hmm. faith in Jesus. Yeah. And so that's a shift for me is like, maybe not a shift. It's a reminder that in the midst of the frustration or the midst of the conversations or the midst of like, I'm not wearing all those stupid masks, you freaking idiots. Like in the midst of that, those things don't supersede what really is important is that I am someone who is a son of God, a citizen of the kingdom, and I need to act that way. So what's more important, you'll love this, what's more important than anything is the gospel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you say that kind of stuff all the time, but like, I think that's a great reminder. What's yeah. more important for us than anything else is the gospel, the all-inclusive, yeah. what the scripture says about the good news. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I think a, a, per, a correct perspective of the kingdom, what it, what it does for us is it, it tempers our, our joys and our sorrows. Because whatever, whatever joy we have in this earth is still a temporary one. Yeah. And, and whatever sorrow we have in this earth pales in comparison to what we have waiting for us. So mm-hmm. when Paul says we consider all things lost for the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ, like it's, uh, <laughs> it, I don't know. I, I think that there, there are things that as long as I live on this planet, there are things that I would 
I would like to see. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would love to watch my boys grow into godly men, and I would love to see them have families of their own. And there are things that I would love to see and do. None of those things can replace for me the desire for the kingdom. Yeah. And what if we took a kingdom mindset to everything we did? Yeah. So like we know people who have very, very little in this world. And yeah. we know people personally who have a lot, like both of those situations. Like what if, yeah. what if we, and people in the middle. <laughs> yeah. So like, what if we were able to take a kingdom mindset to all of those situations? We know yeah. people who are physically in an incredibly rough situation or who family you are. And we know people who are like, have never had any physical ailments at all. Like what if we were able to, to portray a kingdom mindset to all those people that no matter the circumstance, it doesn't change your circumstance, but what does change is your perspective of that. Sure. He yeah. will wipe every tear away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. Well, if our, yeah. I love it. There's, if our hope, so if our hope rests in his coming, which I think is a simpler yep. way to view it. Yep. If our hope rests Hebrews in 11. his coming as the king, yep. then, then we're able to face the things of the world, no matter what comes yep. with the correct perspective, mm-hmm. and, which means it doesn't mean we don't suffer. and doesn't mean it's not yep. hard. doesn't mean we don't have joy and things are fun. But what it does is that neither one of those sides um, is ever in the forefront. Mm-hmm. It's always in the background because the kingdom is in the forefront. And instead of the kingdom being something that is only taught to mature Christians, let it be foundational yes. for what we preach about Christ. Yes. Because I think maybe that's where I'm feeling the uneasiness. Is some of this stuff is taught, but it's taught at the end. Yeah. Like this is for the mature believers instead of packaged with this is who Christ is. This is yeah. what Christ is. Which about. is funny because we think people know how to handle hell the conversation right? about hell, but not the kingdom. Right, yeah. right. Well, because because we've tried to scare people into heaven. Thinking, look. Uh, You're just trying to scare the hell out of people. Yeah. Nah. Scare the people out of hell. Scare the people out of hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't try to scare the people out of hell. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, That's the simpler view. <laughs> I want, yeah, there you go. I want to, uh, I want to look back into it. There was, there was a time in the 2010s-ish in the hardcore scene, like specifically the Christian bands where they, they, they're like, um, Instagram bio, Facebook bio, Twitter bio, whatever, like the first words were always kingdom minded. And I'm curious, I'm, I wouldn't mind going back and seeing some of the posts and some of the things that they had talked about to see if it's anything that we, like what we're talking about today, or if it's just more so a cooler way of saying I'm a ministry. Are you sure that wasn't like a record label? That forced them to say it. Oh, Kingdom Minded was the record label. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Make everybody think, oh, they're really focused on Jesus. Nah, it's just who we're signed to. <laughs> well, so, yeah, it's, what we're going to have is a lot of people texting us and messaging us and go, are you guys slow? Like, have this is what we've been saying all along. And we'll be like, well, we haven't heard it. So, yeah. so well, no, I think that, yeah, I think the but, point, the point still is like, if we've, if we've been saying, if, if we've been saying it all along, then show me your life. Yeah. 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 Well, and also it's exactly what you said as well. I think it's language that I've heard. I've heard a lot in people's discussion, maybe a church, maybe a sermon, maybe whatever podcast. Um, but I don't think as many people like, just like you said, push it so heavy at the beginning, like the, yeah. the beginning, exactly, exactly everything. Just to reiterate what we've talked about for so much. The beginning, so many people focus so much on hell, so much on condemnation, so much on these things, instead of focusing on an entry into the kingdom. And as, as you walk in Christ and as you're a part of community, you learn the nuances of that. You learn the details of that. What does that mean? And, but what's great is like, even the way, like the way that it's discussed, um, 
is the way we've discussed it here and now is reminds me so much of like Paul's discussion of like, no, 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 no. Like here's some nuances of who you are, but it all rests upon what began at faith. Like, and so same thing with us as citizens of the kingdom that began at faith. Here's what that means. Like, here's how we respond to things on this earth here and now. Here's what it means for eternity. Here's what it means for our hope. It's all these details that come with it. But now you you profess faith. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. You belong to God. This is something that I'm realizing that I have not done well in representing to my kids mm. as I'm sitting here I was listening just to this. Thinking about that, and mm. I'm going crap. Like I need I need to represent. Dude, you this suck. Better. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is over here thinking Ryan has not represented this well to his kids. <laughs> yeah, we should. I don't I don't, I don't know why we do this, but I think it'd be really funny if we just ended a few episodes just right there. Dude, you suck. <laughs> the episode just done. <laughs> you know, don't don't Cut don't, to black. don't finish it out. Don't do the ending song or whatever. Just yep. dude, you suck. <laughs> People, I would be getting so many texts. Yeah, dude, are you okay? What happened? Y'all just finished the conversation there? Yeah, they would text you, not me. <laughs> I know. Dude, are you okay? Yeah. Oh man, but I had I'm I'm. I'm Gonna have to have a comfort. <laughs> ah, I do suck. I'm, I'm going to have to have a conversation with my boys in the next day or two, and just like really, yeah, say, look, this is who we are. Well, and I think as well, kind of what you mentioned a few weeks ago about having like the whiteboard in the bath in their bathroom and like little like words like words of encouragement, words of uh, of building building up who they are in Christ and things like that. I think that we as teachers and and, and as fathers can begin to employ citizens of the kingdom type of language as encouragement like this is who you are mm. like you you are of the, like that won't change because that that that's an aspect of who you are that is secure by the accomplishments of christ yeah and not based off what you do like and i think that's one of the big things too is that yeah. since we center the a, a a gospel presentation so much around hell we tend to think oh i i disobeyed my way out of the kingdom and the people are not maybe not, may not say that language but that's what they're implying i gotta beg god to let me back in essentially like instead mm-hmm. of saying like no you are you are a citizen yeah. of the kingdom. This, this is, is who you are. are. Dope. I like, I like it. it. Ah, we're liking things over here. You know who else I like? Ah. Steven. <laughs> we're at the Garden Audio. Be sure to throw a comment on this episode, wherever you are, YouTube, uh, Spotify, wherever. God, and just somebody say, likes him. Just say, yeah, no, right? Just say, hey, Steven, <laughs> you're great. You made this sound better uh, than I could have ever possibly imagined. <laughs> and hey, while, while wherever you are, be sure to subscribe, follow along. Um, there's a lot of things that like on YouTube, for instance, that, that open up whenever just certain number of subscribers and things like that. So if you're listening or watching every, every week and you haven't subscribed yet, that's a big help just with us being able to use the platforms in different ways. And so, uh, wherever you are, be sure to do that. There's also options now on Spotify where you can answer questions and things like that. So if you finish on Spotify, uh, what did you like? What did you not like? What would you like to have seen discussed further? You can answer those questions, uh, as a little poll at the very end. And I don't believe they're posted anywhere. We just see those responses. So, um, so wherever you are, check it out. Let's utilize these these uh, resources and platforms for uh, for how they're meant to be used and, and to the ability that we can. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you all. And as always, keep Christ's core. What could be simpler than that? We'll catch you all in October. <laughs>